0: Welcome to episode 31 of Blue Jays Happy Hour Live. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, that was was pretty grim. You know, we've we've come in after some rough Blue Jays games in the past. Uh, Is this number one? I don't know. I think you could make an argument for it. Uh, As a philosophical question, I want to start here. Um, What do you think is more upsetting to watch? in baseball is it offense that doesn't do anything or is it defense that's horrendous because we we got both of them in this game
1: did a little bit absolutely um uh, you know what the defense that's horrendous is kind of in in small doses where offense that's horrendous is uh that doesn't do anything is um you know just hours of of not fun so i guess (laughs) i'll take that but uh, a real Sophie's choice
0: here. Yeah. I mean, in, in this particular game, I think the defense, it w- it wasn't that few instances. Uh, so I would probably take sure. it for this game because it was repeated instances again and again, you know, the, the Bgio cat was tough. Maybe you can make an argument that that's one that's hard to get to the Merrifield one where he dove, you know, he probably should have kept it on the infield, but that's a tough play too. But Uh, You know, the the one that drops in center field, Alejandro Kirk, you know, we've spent so much time talking about how he's made these profound defensive improvements today, and today he, um, not today, this season, and today he really looked like 2020 totally out of his element, not ready for the big leagues defensively, Alejandro Kirk. I'm not saying that, you know, he's regressed horribly or you can't trust him from here on out or anything, but... He looked like the worst version of himself defensively, um, throwing and blocking. It was not a good scene in that regard. I think the thing with this individual team, like I think I agree with you. Overall, I would rather watch bad defense in a sense than bad offense, because bad offense is you know, it's quite literally boring and as you say, it stretches on for hours. But with this team, I believe that you always know at the end of the day that the offensive talent is there. And that the team, you know, at least when complete will hit now, may not hit enough or at the right times. And, you know, that, I don't know, maybe in a wild card playoff series, they have three bad games or whatever. And you say, wow, the offense wasn't good enough, but by and large, this offense is good enough. The defense it's harder to say that about.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even when, I mean, where everybody's like dying to get Springer back and even then that, you know, he's, he's fine out there, but, uh, uh, obviously not who we're talking about now, but like, yeah, it, it's not, uh, it, it's not, it's not a great defense. They try to cover some of it with their shifting. Um, they've tried, you know, Matt Chapman does Matt Chapman things uh, into that, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough at times. It's very tough at times. It's you know, I don't know. I'm trying not to be super hard on a team where it's. Uh, you know, yeah, the flaws become more noticeable like when you watch a baseball team on time, right? Like I mean, we don't see the flaws in you know, in the Rays and the Mariners and other teams as much because we just by virtue of the fact that we're watching Blue Jays games. But also Yeah, it, it does <laughs> feel like we're at the point of the season where it's like, okay, where you shouldn't he have figured this all out by now.
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're about a month and a half out from the end of the season. Yeah, I mean this particular game, the Gosman side of it too, it's just like how many times have we been able to say, "Oh, well, Gosman pitched pretty well, but things just didn't break his way and there's another world in which he goes 6 and has a perfectly fine outing, but this got derailed." And I'm not saying that to blame Gosman. I think after the game, you know, Siddle said that he felt like he pitched fairly well. I, I sort of agree with that. A lot of the strikeouts came against Jose Ramirez, which was sort of weird, but also sort of impressive. He had some moments uh, and he was just not helped out at all. But it is it's just rough for him, man. Like the the shifting thing was such a storyline, they shifted too much and then they and then they you know they stopped and this was gonna solve everything. And that was part of it, but I think it might have been overblown, too. Like, just the level of bad luck that he's gotten has been truly astounding.
1: I, I think that's totally true. Yeah, he's been, I mean, well, you, like, you look at the difference between, like, his FIP and his ERA, right? Like, he's, he like, Fangraphs has him as a four-win pitcher already or something like that. Um, Yeah, I, I, and, 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 and you know, that's because FIP, like, put, like, cancels out contact management kind of stuff and and i think the you know the shifting obviously uh hasn't gone well to this point like you say it's been a story and uh and, and the changing of what they're doing there is uh is interesting but yeah i i don't it, it has been i think tough i i you know I, kevin gosman is not the first guy in this rotation that i'm really gonna have a problem with
0: no, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're going to be pretty happy if he's on the mound. He's absolutely a top of the rotation, you know, playoff caliber, roll him out against anybody guy like he yes. is. There's okay. no two ways about it. It's just, you know, you feel for him because he has had a tough go compared to what it might have been. And yes, you know, you talk about FIP and contact management. We know so much more about that due to StackAss now. And it's harder to just sort of throw it away. Um, he he does give up a fair amount of hard contact because he does pound that zone with the fastball. He has to do that um, to get the splitter to work. Like I the whole thing makes sense. It's sort of what happened last year too with him, but it's just so extreme this year, and it feels like he's at the top of those leaderboards for you know defense behind a pitcher. I mean, I think it was Mike Petriello's t- tweeting about it this week about Patrick Corbin and how that's just been insane the degree to which he hasn't got defense like. Gosman's more top fifteen than top one with a bullet. Like I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, Corbin minus nineteen outs above average or uh, behind him, and the next lowest is minus eight. So like it's, it, it could always be worse, I guess. Um, I, if you want
1: it, it's weird. Like I don't know. I, I, I haven't looked into this too much. I don't know how many if people have. But I, it's some it, like it's somehow, it somehow. It reminds me of how like VIP will lag. Uh, will lag ERA. It's like when a guy's just uh, like washed, right? And I'm not saying, of course, we're talking about Corbin, not not Gosman, obviously, but like I wonder, I (laughs) wonder, Gosman's just washed. Yeah, (laughs) uh, yeah, that I'm not concerned about. Uh, Some of the other guys on the staff, um, but (laughs) but uh, but uh, that that is that is a weird stat, but it's also like, wow, the the worst pitcher, (laughs) like even if you even if you account for the defense behind him, he's the Corbin's terrible. Uh, maybe maybe there's something that the numbers aren't seeing there that the, the that once you're not once you no longer MLB caliber uh, throwing the ball then the defensive number's going to go at with with the window. I wonder.
0: Yeah, I mean to that theory, there's you know there's some washed guys on this leaderboard. You know you've got some Dallas Dallas Keuchel number five. You know you've got Bumgardner. I think you could make a case as washed at this point. Uh, you also have some good guys. Anyway, we don't need to. We don't need to dive down the Patrick Corbin. Well, I'm more rabbit hole. fun than
1: talking about the series the
0: Blue Jays. Just <laughs> I made. mean that there's there's some truth to that. There is some truth to that. On a, on a quasi, uh, let's go to something quasi positive because there's some negative stuff on the board too. But then we're just gonna you know it's gonna get a this vibe will get rough if we go negative, 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 negative. So today this is only. Quasi positive, but that's the best we can do. Uh, Vladdy had the 22 game hitting streak uh, end, and it was it was interesting because you could obviously it's encouraging to see a guy put up strong numbers. You know, during that time, three seventy nine, four thirty two, five eighty six. Those are good numbers. At the same time, during a big hitting streak like that, you, you almost expect a little bit more. And so you got power there, like the 206 ISO, like that's not even, you know, that's kind of below average power for Vladdy. There was only three home runs during that time. There was a, you know, a 170 ground ball to fly ball and guys hit a lot of line drives. Sometimes it makes that number look worse, whatever launch angle 4.1. So there was a lot of the. Not getting the true Vladdy blasts and him, you know, pulling the ball in the air and all the things you want to see. Like, there was very low strikeout rate and low walk rate and him putting the ball in play a ton and it was hit hard. Like, on Saturday in particular, he hit a bunch of balls hard and wasn't always rewarded. I don't know. Like, does this streak make you feel better about, like, it's weird to say, like, does this great 22 game hitting streak make you feel better or worse about a player? But Vladdy is good enough and this was arguably not convincing enough that i think it's a valid question.
1: This is the positive thing?
0: Well, it's a 22 game hitting streak like.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, i know exactly what you mean. Uh i'm not uh, yeah, i don't know if it does. Uh <laughs> rather let me just duck that one cuz we got Joe on the line. We can we can take a call from Joe. Joe, thank you uh thank you as always for uh, giving us a call man. Good to hear from you.
0: Yeah, no problem. And I have an unserious question I would like to ask you guys. Oh boy! Perfect. <laughs> All right. So Brett Phillips got a tribute video in his return to Tampa the other day, and that made me wonder: <laughs> wow. uh, what kind of uh, what kind of bad player that's on the Blue Jays or recently on the Blue Jays would you like to see a tribute video for?
1: Oh, good question. Good that question. is a good question. I mean, it depends It depends on, on how bad this player is, I
0: guess, oh. or w- what we define as a bad player. Like, Santiago Espinal, <laughs> <laughs> like, I Oh, he would get one, especially with the All-Star appearance. I think the bars is lower than that these days, which is yeah, kind of wild.
1: Also, I, I mean, I'm joking that he's a bad player, but he's not as good as everybody really thought in the first half. I got some no, stick for that in another podcast, by being like, I don't know that he's an everyday big leaguer right now. Um,
0: yeah, out. the bar has <laughs> gone down so far on this in recent years. I know it's. I don't know why this happened, um, but it just seems like the bar has gone low. I think anything that is a reliever is kind of funny. Like, I don't know if you had if you have Adam Simber for a couple more years. And you get like four or five good years of Adam Simber in a Blue Jays uniform. Like, is that, does that rise to the level of trivia video? Like, you could make an, an argument that he's a better player than Brett Phillips. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think Bradley Zimmer would be hilarious. That, that would be the best one. You could yeah. fit all, you could get all of his hits into one video.
1: It wouldn't take, yeah, you'd have time to spare. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, Zimmer. I think Zimmer's a real a real good one. I don't know. Corey Dickerson had some at-bats last year. It'd be kind of funny, but he's kind of just so milk toast that I don't know that that would be the right one, but uh, also a fine player. I mean, like I said, like, who's a bad player?
0: Socrates Burrito. He's
1: got an eventual tribute video when he's a Yankee. That's going to be fun.
0: Adam Hansen. Is that even the <laughs> right name? Anyone who's in the Kevin Pillar trade, uh, you get a tribute video. Derek Law. Oh. Man, well, now we're just naming bad. Now you just encourage us to name bad players, Joe. That's hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're just naming the entire 2019 team now. Uh, yeah, not good. 2019 well, you. pre young players. <laughs> thanks anyway, guys.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Joe. Always appreciate your calls.
0: Um,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Fun series. <laughs> I'm going to try again with something quasi-positive. Okay. So one thing that I think has been interesting is the stretching out of Jordan Romano. Like we've seen under Schneider, he's done four outings of uh, more than three outs. He only did one under Montoyo this year. Um, It's interesting because the Blue Jays have – they have sort of depth in their bullpen in the sense they have quite a few – I mean Trent Thorne pitched today, so maybe you could argue that isn't true, but he's literally the last man in the bullpen. They have quite a few guys who you would consider competent, but they don't have the guy that comes in, you know, and is the second horse to Romano. Like the, the gap between Romano and the next guy, whether it's Garcia or Bass, is really significant. So you can see scenarios where they want to push him, especially you know in a playoff and a wild card series. I don't think you know five six outs is out of the question for him just because they trust him so much more than the other guys. What do you make of Schneider kind of doing some? you know dry runs would be an exaggeration because they're still in a fight but uh kind of trying this out before it potentially really really matters
1: yeah i i think that's i think it's interesting i think it's sort of um i wonder where like the the line of if different the line of like what's what the manager can do or not has changed a little bit like i know i you know we've seen less shifting for, uh, behind Gosman. we've seen like like kind of subtle changes, changes to stuff that only if you're really paying attention you'll notice, like the difference between Schneider and and uh, and Charlie Montoya. Uh, and I, I just wonder if like they they've given him a little more wiggle room in in terms of like being able to use Romano that way. Uh, because I mean, obviously, like load management stuff and like who's available and whatnot, and and who can you know, and who isn't is uh, is something that it feels very much like comes. Top down, like it does not feel like that. That John Schneider's out there, uh, <laughs> putting like the worst outfield possible in, into a game a, a day after putting like putting two two no no bat outfielders in the game. Uh, some that stuff's just weird and it doesn't i i I would feel better about it if it wasn't like the product of like a supposedly rational brain it's uh it, it's some it's some algorithm telling us that uh, so so I don't know I like I, that's sort of the, that's the prism I end up thinking about stuff like that through like it's like is this a, an indication that they've given him a little more of an opportunity to to like be the be the manager and like do things that he deem, sees fit as opposed to like so strictly abiding some of their uh some of their I'm making air quotes here like suggestions um but yeah i i think that i don't know like Romano, it, it if in like if it was last year Romano where he was much more consistent, I think, I would be a little more comfortable with it. I think I get why they're doing it. Like you say, like they the gap between him and Garcia or Nambas is is quite large. And uh, you know, if you if you really if you're life and death to win a game, you do want him out there more often than not. But also there have been he's had these weirds up weird ups and downs which we've tracked and talked about all season. But uh uh I don't know i I'm fine with it. we're coming down the stretch right like I, I I don't know if you want to do that I don't know if you want to start doing that in April and do it all the way through the season, but I think now that you're kind of you're gonna fight you're 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 doing trial runs for the playoffs um yeah, let' them get used to that a bit.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely in favor of them giving him some looks. I like The scenario is the way it is where he just is so much better than the next guy that it's almost inevitable that in a wildcard series you would call on him to do this. So it makes sense to give him some comfort level doing it. The tricky aspect, as you brought up, is the fact that he has had some kind of ups and downs and some of them haven't been... You know, it's not necessarily injuries that are putting him on the IL, but he'll get some velocity dips, and then there'll be some times where they don't use him for a few days. Um, it just seems like he's had a bit of a messy, complicated year. Even if sort of the the bottom line has been really solid, and he's undoubtedly their guy, uh, it, it's not always been as smooth as the results might lead you to believe. So, yeah, I, I do believe that this is a is a wise course of action, but. I can also envision a world where uh, they get in trouble doing this once or twice, too many, and then, you know, a guy who's had a bit of a weird health year could uh, be out and then they would be in an unbelievable amount of trouble because he's a truly, <laughs> a, a truly essential player for them. And that's something I don't normally say about relievers just because I don't, you know, I don't necessarily buy into the, you have to have the traditional closer and the one guy and all that jazz. But in the context of the 2022 Blue Jays, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that Jordan Romano is an essential player. The way you might say about you know an everyday starting position player, even.
1: No, I, I think that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, he is uh, by default just yeah, extremely important.
0: One thing that you touched on there that I did want to talk about today, sometimes we get round numbers that land perfectly for when we record podcasts, sometimes we're a little bit off. So today, is it was going to be a month into Schneider's tenure that it was actually yesterday. So it's a month and a day, a milestone that we all uh, love and treasure, obviously. <laughs> um, I did want to kind of check in and it's like, what, is, what are the first impressions of this era of Blue Jays baseball you know, the easy answer is, you know, answer A is it has not been long enough for us to know. And, it, you know, it's hard to say he has a style. That being said, you know, it, it's not an insignificant amount of time either. There are some things you can look at and just sort of rattling off the very basics. Um, he's been very limited on intentional walks and bunts, like very close to the bottom of the league Good on challenges, so was Montoyo. So I, you know, I think that's kind of just the overall team process. I'm not giving credit to anyone that much there. Seems like there's just more emphasis on aggressive base running. It, the stealing second rate uh, plus, which is not a very often quoted statistic, but it's like how often do you steal second when um, or attempt to steal second when you have an opportunity to do so. That's at 131, so that's way above average, which is a bit weird when you consider the lack of speed on the Blue Jays in general. Um, and just anecdotally, like a significantly more hit and run attempts, things like that. It's interesting. The one thing I will say on that is that it, when you get a new manager, that seems like the most common sort of cliched thing that happens is like, we're gonna take it to guys and we're gonna be more aggressive. And we're, I don't know if that's something that's gonna be a long term part of the philosophy here. Um, or if this is just sort of like the, new manager kicking the pants boost cuz i could see it going either way
1: yeah i, th- I think you're right i don't I, I, I don't know and i know organizationally like they've been they they've, uh, like dating back to the time they basically since and Atkins has been here uh, they've kind of let, let them let them run in the minor leagues and been like okay we don't care if you you know you're going to get caught stealing a lot with the minor leagues who cares uh, just to get the, just to like get more you know, more of a feel for what what these players are as base stealers. And then they of course haven't developed anyone who can steal a base. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, I, I do think you're right that like every, every manager comes in it's like, Oh, we're going to be, we're going to be aggressive. Things are going to be different. And that's one way to really make it feel different. Um, which is probably something you have to do. Uh, if you're John Schneider coming in and, and, uh, and, and trying to try, trying to change the malaise that the team had been, uh, been feeling, you know, uh, in the last days, of the Montoya era. I'm not sure uh, how well that's worked. I know I've already seen people try to make a, a thing of like the oh they haven't been good since the trade deadline. They must really like just, they must be the, that. That's probably because they're feeling down about whatever they didn't do with the deadline, which is you know really trying to <laughs> really trying to bolt a, a narrative onto a, a situation with that, that where it's not necessarily exactly what happened at all. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a great read on, on Schneider. They, see, I, I, like, selfishly, I'm like, oh, man, like, in his press conferences and in his quotes, he's certainly more uh, effusive about tactics and stuff and will be like, oh, we played like shit, and, like, it, it's just a better quote, uh, which which can be nice when you're writing about stuff, like, but that's, you know, that doesn't matter to anybody but me, and you as well, I'm sure. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what we what we ought to make of it so far. Uh, if they're if the players are happy, I'm happy. I guess um, <laughs> that's really been going well, though, has it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the ability for people to sort of paste on the narrative they prefer, like a pin the tail on the donkey type of scenario. Like, for instance, you know, Vladdy's hitting streak really coincided with Schneider joining the team. It began in his second, not joining the team, joining the manager role. Uh It began in his second game as the interim manager. Like, you could make something of that if you wanted. Uh, and I don't think that there's necessarily truth to that. I don't think the Blue Jays should be a super aggressive base running team. Like that's my thought on that. They 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 have guys who are fast in theory, but aren't in practice. Uh, like Hernandez, um, you know his base stealing has been pretty bad for much of his career. You know Bichette has been brutal this season trying to steal bases. Guriel, um, just the mental gap for him between how fast he seems to believe he is based on his decision making <laughs> and how fast he actually is is pretty wild Uh um i think he's just always been a good athlete i guess so it it just in his head like oh i must be fast um not really the case i don't know like if i'm the blue jays manager yeah i don't think the blue jays should be running a higher than average steal rate but like i said i my early inclination is just that that's the like it's something as you mentioned it makes it feel different even if it's not different even if it's not long term Um, You know, when you hear people talking about, you know, the Guardians, for instance, today, you get a lot of praise of like, oh, they're forcing the action and they'll make you pay for your mistakes and blah, blah, blah. I think we do way too much of lionizing that kind of stuff. I think it's largely because the people who are the kind of baseball tastemakers are people who grew up with a different brand of baseball and they see teams do this now and it seems unusual. Uh, in the modern game, and it seems more like the baseball they grew up with, and therefore it is good. And, you know, the Royals had that run there that sort of reinforced this idea. But if you, you yeah, know, if you think of the teams that have been recently successful, you know, a lot of these teams have a ton of power. A lot of these teams play a pretty modern brand of baseball and aren't running all the time. Um, there's more than one way to do this, and I don't think that you have to become the Guardians to be the best version of the Blue Jays. Like, this is a slugging team, and that's kind of what they're going to live and die by. And sometimes that's frustrating because you go through these cold patches. Maybe it makes you more inconsistent. It's hard to say definitively. Uh, But that is something I notice in a game like today's game where you get the whole, like, wow, these, you know, this Guardians team is really, you know, they make you pay for everything and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, if you watch 10 more Guardians games, you could have uh, a broadcast where you talk about how, you know, they can't get an extra base hit to save their lives and they get three hits in an inning and it doesn't do anything. So, uh, it is interesting in that way. But I, the, like, the Blue Jays are not going to become that team. Like The Blue Jays are kind of who they are, and there are, that means that there are only so many levers for Schneider to pull. And pulling the stealing lever, I don't think, uh, is going to be his best way to success. But he, I'm sure he knows that too. I don't think that he thinks that he's going to make this team into some incredible stealing team.
1: <laughs> I, I hope not, because I, I, I think that that's a thing that you do when you don't have... Good offensive players, or enough good offensive players, right? Like that's. Uh, I think you're right that that's something that people, you know, remember and and and, and lionize because they're like this is what real baseball supposed to look like. But like, yeah, it, it just that's that's what bad offensive teams do. If he doesn't slump. It's like, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's that, that's true, but uh, it's better to have guys who are, you know, hit hit. Fucking piss missiles all over the place. Um, I will say uh, I, I've listened to a few uh, Guardians broadcasts, and you're, uh, you're you're not wrong the radio the radio call is pretty good. Uh, occasionally, they'll play in the afternoon. I'll go on a bike ride and uh, uh, pop on the on the old uh, <laughs> the old Bluetooth speaker, the Guardian broadcast, and it's uh, it, 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 it's it's quite nice. And you're also correct that uh, yeah, there are games where it does where it absolutely does not work. And the Jay, the idea of the Jays becoming that team or becoming more like that team, uh, probably not a good one. And I think you're right that the, the, the Schneider only has so many levers to pull. Uh, he's still, you know, he's still working with the interim tag. Like I, I would be surprised if they like cleaned house and went with a you know went a different way with the manager that it didn't end up becoming a permanent gig because it kind of has always felt like this was going to be his job eventually. Uh, but he still kind of got to earn it, so he's got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> But long term, yeah, it's uh, th- 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 this is not who
0: the Blue Jays are. Yeah, doing something would mean just not falling out of the playoffs, which if that he would, can do, if he can do yeah. that something, I think he's probably going to be okay. I mean, I, when I think of the sort of stylistic thing, and I know how it frustrates the Blue Jays fans when their team isn't hitting, but I do think of—I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something Kevin Gosman was talking about early in the season where he, the way he pitches, he's like, I attack the zone um with fastballs because i'm not that scared of someone hitting a single off me and the results bear that out he's like if they if they just hit singles off me it's going to take them a long time to get around these bases uh and i'm going to be missing bats again and that's not the exact quote but he's talked about that before and that's you know this cleveland team is sort of the most extreme version of that and maybe in that sense it's it's a tough matchup for gosman but there's not a lot of pitchers who would rather face you know Cleveland than Toronto's offense, even if it might not feel like that in this particular second. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh man, just watching people every time, uh, every time a guy with a six ERA uh, shuts the Jays' offense down, it's uh, it, it's time for a it's a it, it's a national crisis. It feels like it is weird. It sucks, but I don't know. They're, the big leaguers, 60 or AR, no, still, still, throw, still throw some pitches that are tough to hit.
0: Um, I was going to – you, you kind of you, – you took a nice segue out from under my knees, something right about right. nationality. But I, I do want to touch on, before we get out of here, the Joey Votto playing the most games as a Canadian. It was a little bit of a moment on Twitter with Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and people getting in on that. But, you know, I've always been interested in Votto's kind of star quality in Canada. It's always been a little bit odd to me. I know that we are in a baseball bubble, so it is easier for us to believe that baseball is more important to the public consciousness than it is. Um, but, you know, Canada has is a bit of a small country population-wise, and we seem to... Like, really take pride in our own who kind of make it big on the grander stage, for lack of a better term. Often, the grander stage just means the United States. Yeah. Um, but the Vado thing, it doesn't seem like he engenders the amount of enthusiasm that his career kind of dictates that he should. I don't know. Uh, again, like, a games played record is not like the biggest thing, it's not what you break out the fireworks for or whatever. But You know, you could make a case for him Hall of Fame or no, but, you know, he's sort of on that track. He's been a superstar for a decade. Again, the last couple of years, maybe a little bit less so. But what do you, I mean, maybe you don't agree with that to begin with, but if you do agree with that, what do you ascribe that to? And what do you think the general feeling on Votto is for Blue Jays, Canadian baseball fans?
1: Yeah, I think I do agree with that. I think, uh, you know, I mean, baseball's just such a regional game and, like, such a game where it, uh, there aren't a lot of, like, national superstars as much as they are, like, regional or, like, it, within their own market, for whatever reason that is. Um, I think, like, I mean, Votto, obviously incredible. Obviously, in our baseball bubble, everyone, would, like, Votto's a, a huge deal and a huge thing. Uh, I Like, part of it's playing in Cincinnati, though, I think. Uh, part of it's, like, the he's, he doesn't play often against the Blue Jays. Uh, which is where most Canadians are watching baseball, if they if they do. Um, but like, I, like I remember, like the first uh, for years, for years and years and years, I always like, like just rolled my eyes how because of how often people were like, Blue Jays got to get Votto. That's what you know they gotta they gotta go they gotta go get the Canadian guy, and it was just like, okay, you know, uh, how about they just? I mean, how about they get the best player? Like I, I like him because he's a great player. I don't care where he's from. Uh, and, and, uh, and he's really, he's turned, he turned me around from the not, the, not that I ever disliked him, but, it, but his name evoked eye rolls for me or, or provoked eye rolls or whatever. Uh, and, and, but, but he's just a, he's just an awesome personality and a weird, a weird guy who leads into it and does weird things on TV. And maybe that's part of it too, I think, right? Like he's not, uh. He's not like the stage managed Derek Jeter type. Like you know, so he's not a celebrity. He's just a, he's just a dude who's good at baseball. And he's really cool and awesome. But uh, sometimes that doesn't necessarily bring about the same kind of popularity. But like he's not, you know, he's not in the playoffs every year. He's not uh, he's not playing in Toronto every year. Um, I guess it's just easier to slip under the radar sometimes uh, in those situations. But like, yeah, I mean, what an incredible career! What an incredible player!
0: Yeah, and there I think there's a little bit of a component of play style that goes into it too. Like he has put up some big home run numbers at times, but he's not hitting, you know, the John Carlos Stanton, you got to see this yeah. clip home runs. A lot of his value has been on the
1: highlight reels as much. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, he plays first base and he's played it competently and, you know, better than that at times, but you know, you don't get a ton of defensive highlights from that either. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned his personality. Like, I think Votto's fantastic. I like, I love seeing his antics on TV and stuff. I, you know, I kind of regret we don't see more of him. I like the the tweets. Like, you know, off to Dyersville, Iowa, AK Sin City for the Field of Dreams Day game. Like, that's his recent bit. He just goes and says like the wrong thing about whatever city he's going to. <laughs> off to off to Milwaukee, the Cream City, named after that Wu Tang Clan song. Like, I don't know. He's just. uh And I think that he's enjoyed doing that a little bit more over time. I think sometimes it takes guys a while, and it's later in their career where their personality comes out, and his personality really has. And you know, he, I think he just, yeah, he. It's a shame that he's not more of a national treasure than he is, because I think he deserves that both from a persona and accomplishment standpoint. And maybe, maybe he'll kind of be looked upon. Um, in the maybe just he was he wasn't appreciated enough in his time, and maybe in the years to come he'll be kind of the, you know he'll be on the Mount Rushmore of Canadian baseball players. That's for sure. So maybe it'll take some nostalgia for people to embrace him the way that he should be embraced. I don't know.
1: I, I think so, but it is. I mean, it's it's yeah. It, it, that's a tough Mount Rushmore to get on. I I would say. I mean, like Larry Walker played for the Expos, and if not for that. I don't know, like, we don't, like, is Jason Bay on there? Like, I mean, there's no, like, it's, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a tough market to break into being Canadian baseball royalty.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Fergie Jenkins is going to be on that Mount Rushmore, that's for sure. That, I mean, he, yeah. I'd I, like to, I for just sentimentality, I think Matt Stairs would just be a great fit, but I just got to love Matt Stairs. I mean, does he have the record for most, like, home runs hit with the most franchises, too? Something like that. So yeah, put, <laughs> I, him, put him on there too.
1: I'll play for the Jays. So you
0: there know. you go. And those, is. him and that horrific jersey was a, yeah. truly a sight to behold. <laughs> um, we'll we'll get out of here on that image. You know what? It's we've got to keep it short and sweet today. It's a rough one. We could dive into Barrios. We'll give him another start uh, before we do that dance again. <laughs> Lord, because... Lord,
1: Lord, the Jays will have to. So.
0: Yeah, you know, we, we did the, the check-in on Kikuchi last episode where nothing has changed. Uh, the sparks notice on Brios is that nothing has changed, still maddening inconsistency, still in theory should be good. Okay, there's the short version. Um, we'll probably have more for you next time we talk. We have not hammered out our schedule for next week yet, but we will let you guys know soon. And we appreciate you tuning in live or after the fact.
1: Yeah, thanks everybody. <laughs> thanks very much, everybody.